0: Hello
1: welcome to AI Scouted on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Dave Hendrick, joined as always by Mr. Carl Matchett. How are you, sir? Blind, Dave. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It is, uh, it is, as an old Irish man would say, it is fierce close today, weather-wise. It is very, very muggy, which I'm not really enjoying all that much. But it's not too bad, not too bad at all.
2: Well, I'm delighted to hear it. We've had uh, about one straight week of melting, so today is the first day. That is not the case.
1: Well, it's not just Joyce Few. You. you probably don't get the same level of stickiness that we get here in the land of the lakes, where there are three hundred and sixty-five lakes within a one hour drive of me, one for every day, of the poxie year. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in weather semantics. We are doing part two of our run through the league. Teams a team by team, one player that needs to leave for the good of their career. And one player who needs a, or who we think will have a breakout season this season. So do you want to do Liverpool first or do you want to do Liverpool last?
3: I think since the good people have waited for part
2: two for Liverpool, we should probably reward them by starting there.
1: Okay. So I'll let you go first. One player who needs to leave Liverpool
3: this summer for the good of their career.
2: It's an odd one, I suppose, picking someone you think should leave your own club, but someone we have spoken about quite a bit in the past, and I think with the new system, even more so, I think Simicast is probably the one for me. Um, I think there have been a couple of points where he maybe could have been given more of an opportunity to establish himself as a first-choice starter, and when that didn't happen, I think we can now safely say that it won't happen at all, because he's probably a little bit lower level last season, uh, even in in relation to the entire team being lower. And so with a a switch up where we're basically using the left-back as a a left-sided centre-back, I think that's less of what he's about.
1: I think that's fair. I do think that's fair. I think there's actually a number of of options here. Nat Phillips is an obvious one. He's 26 years of age now, and he needs to go and have a career... and a club more suited to his level of ability. But the one I'm going to go for is Queevin Teller, who is a very good goalkeeper, who's too good to really be a backup, but not good enough to be a starter for a club like us. He'll turn 25 later this year. And in his career today, he's played 21 senior matches. He needs to go and play. So for me, I'm going to go Cueve and Caller. I think another one was Fabio Carvalho, but he's gone on loan. But I'm going to go with Cueve and Caller. I do agree Costas should look to leave. I think Nat should look to leave, and I think Callagher should look to leave. Yeah,
2: because frankly, I, I, I think they're it.
1: all letting their careers bypass them. Yeah,
2: hard to disagree with any of the three. I think Cueve is the one with the highest ceiling out of all three of them. So there probably is more onus on him to make that move, but it's a difficult thing to do.
1: It is a difficult thing to do. It is. It's tough. Like, he's, he's in an environment he knows. He's in an environment where he, he's highly thought of. He's in an environment where he's working with good people every day. He's obviously learning from Alison every day. But if he doesn't move now, he's, he's going to look up in a couple of years and he's going to be a 27, 28-year-old with 31 games under his belt. And he'll have lost out on years of his career. And he'll end up like Danny Ward. Um, I think there's two Premier League moves that make sense for him. One is Burnley, who have missed out on Verbruggen, who's gone to Brighton. And the other is Sheffield United, who I don't think Wes Fodderingham is a Premier League-caliber goalkeeper. But there could be a third, and just mm-hmm. let, me, let me know what you think of this one. Nottingham, Nottingham Forest had Dean Henderson on loan last season and then Kaylor Navas on loan. And it looks like they're focused on trying to keep Henderson. But if I've got 25 million to spend on a goalkeeper, I think I'd rather spend 18 to 20 on Kelleher and put the rest elsewhere and have a player on
3: lower wages than I would on Dean Henderson.
2: Yeah, I'm absolutely on board with that. I think Kelleher to, to Forest makes a ton of sense all around, to be perfectly honest, even to the extent of to Liverpool probably, if you look at including you know buybacks or whatever it is for the future, mm. I think this is that's a great move for him. You know, if they get relegated second season around, well then you know he's still going to be more than good enough in the Championship. Probably helps to bring them straight back up, given the investment and the squad that they have. Um, and isn't, so- isn't
1: isn't likely to demand to leave straight away, which I think Henderson. would if they went down?
2: Yeah, quite possibly so. I mean, if you look at it in international terms, Henderson probably needs to be starting in the Premier League to have a shot, whereas Keller probably just needs to be playing well regularly to have a shot, if you like.
1: Exactly, because Ireland's first-choice goalkeeper was relegated this past season. He'll be playing in the Championship this year unless he gets a move, which I I don't think will happen. But as well as that, like, he could walk, Keller could walk into that Nottingham Forest dressing room and immediately see... A familiar face in Nico Williams, a player he knows well, and that would help him, I think, with the settling process there as well so I think that's a move that makes makes a decent amount of sense for him uh right, one Liverpool player to have a breakout season this year, and again, if people missed the last episode, it's whatever you define a breakout season to be It, it could be you know a young player that just plays you know fifteen to 20 games across all competitions and does well it could be say Harvey Elliott going up a good level Curtis Jones going up a good level or it could be somebody really exploding with a great season um,
2: I don't at the minute not with how we're set up and that see Elliott taking a step forward right as things stand. I don't see quite where he fits perfectly at the moment um, so I think that there are two, really, who could make a massive step forward. One is uh, Darwin Nunes, obviously, because he didn't have the greatest of second halves of the season. So there could definitely be a big step forward there. Uh, and I, I know that people will be, you know, expecting me now to say, yeah, Curtis Jones could take another step. He could challenge for the Ballon d'Or. I totally believe you. That's that's fine. But I am going to go for um, Stefan Basitich, actually. Um, I don't know that he's going to be for the first you know, three months or so, all that involved. But actually, I think he's the kind of younger player who in that middle part of the season where the games come really regularly and you have to have like a, a really good squad depth available to you and you're changing between Europa, where he might get more chances this season as well. And we still don't know 100% where his big role is going to be, whether it's going to be filling in for Trent or filling in for Fabinho or one of the eights or whatever. But I, I can see him playing quite a decent role there in the second half of the season. And maybe that helps establish him again as a, a first teamer going forward rather than just you know, 10, 12 games period where
1: it was last time around before the injury. See, I'm sort of on the, the uh, on the position that 10 to 12 games is all he should really get spaced out across the season because I think he's quite away from ready. and I think if, you, if we go back and actually properly look at the games he played in last season, he did have some very good performances, but he also had some absolute shockers that were overlooked because of his age and because of the state of the team. And I'd like to see us just be very careful with how we bring him along and not try and feed him too much too soon, because he's already had one quite serious injury from being overplayed. And I would like to see us just mitigate that this season. Then maybe next season, he's got a bit more man strength about him. Maybe then he can kick on. My pick is going to be Luis Diaz, who I'm expecting a big, big season from. He looked like he was primed to do something outrageous when he got injured against Newcastle. And I think he's going to have a great season. He's also our new number seven. And I wanted to get your thoughts on Luis Diaz being given the number seven shirt, which I think is what I had suggested should happen. I think it's fitting. I think he suits the number seven far more yeah. than, you know, James Milner did, for example. I thought you'd be uh, pretty happy with this one, to be honest.
2: Um, I think he suits it. I think uh, he can, he can bring a lot of the characteristics that you would associate with that kind of a number for Liverpool. Um what I want to see from Diaz, though, is more pre-injury and less post-injury in terms of his approach to the game. Because, you know, you can understand not being tip-top shape and not being completely uh, on it in terms of technical ability after the injury because was a while out and it takes a bit of time to get back to that level. But there was a bit of individualism that I didn't quite like the amount of uh, in the latter part of the season. So I'm hopeful that when he's not got absolute dross around him like he did have prior to his injury... And when he's not the only player outfield who's actually given a shit and working hard and trying to do stuff to win matches, as was the case before his injury, then maybe he can get back to showing all of his abilities, his individual ones, but the way he makes things happen for the team off the ball as well. Uh, I I think he could have a a huge season. I think it's a little bit knife-edge for him at the minute. I'd like to see him in pre-season first before I fully commit to that. But if he has a standout season... That alone takes Liverpool Back into the top three In my opinion
0: Are you that person Who has everything The coolest merch And those must-have fan threads Well Over at our Anfield Index shop We've gone that extra mile When it comes to Pimping up your Liverpool collection From our popular range Of bespoke design t-shirts Sweaters Hoodies and hats To our signature edition mugs Prints and coasters All provided with Fast worldwide shipping
1: I think the two biggest beneficiaries of the Alexis McAllister signing will be Diaz and Darwin because I think he's got that connective ability to bring both of them more into the game and involve them more as team players rather than in individual players. Um, all right. Let's move on to Luton Town, who I have to say, I haven't even began to look at them for the new season. I, I just... I just can't be arsed as yet. I look at their group of players, and I saw a bit of them last season. I saw them in the playoffs. And honestly, Carl, I think there's maybe one lad at that club who's good enough to start the Premier League regularly. (laughs) Genuinely, there's one. I think Carlton uh, Carlton Morris is good enough to start regularly. And after him, I don't think there's anybody I'd be all that keen on having every single game.
2: I, I wonder how much of a turnover there's going to be because like, sometimes, like not in Forrester, a bit of an outlier because that was outrageous amounts of turnover, but sometimes clubs which are not the biggest try to keep that sort of team spirit about them and try to keep the same group of players and hope that the, you know, the fight and the spirit and the togetherness will, will make up for, let's say, a lack of genuine top-level quality on the ball. So I, I wonder if that will be an element of what they do because obviously Luton are not going to have the financial reach of other clubs. They're not going to have the allure of other clubs in the transfer market. I'm sure they'll do plenty of bits to try and improve themselves. But by and large, I don't see them doing as much of a squad's turnaround as other clubs have done coming up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I do also think they might take the Norwich approach of, you know, strengthening more for the following season's championship campaign so that in their second bite at the Premier League, Apple, you know, come up, go down to come back up and come back up much stronger with a better base. Um, I I genuinely, I, I don't know who I think should leave. There's a young Irish midfielder there called Louis Watson, who I was really impressed with when I saw him at Derby. But he didn't play a huge amount, but I, I really liked what I saw at Derby. He didn't play a whole bunch for for Luton last season, I'd like to see him go on loan to a championship club and play, you know, 35 games just for the benefit of his own development. So I'll go with him as my one to go and and improve your career. But on loan, I think is the best, best move for everybody.
2: Yeah, so I think it's a little hard as well trying to pick out a player coming up from the championship to the Premier League and say, you should not take your chance. You should disappear again. Um, especially since I don't really know most of these players, how they've been performing with Luton. So just, I've gone by the numbers, basically. I've had a look around to see areas of the team where they have good depth, areas of the team where people didn't play so much or might not contribute in the Premier League. And one of the midfielders um, who wasn't really hugely heavily involved, uh, Fred Onyedinma, he has basically been a a League One and Championship player for, for most of his career. And you know, didn't, didn't like I say, didn't play huge volumes last season. He was more or less a squad player coming in for runs of games or coming off the bench for, yeah. for a number of games and playing both sides. So he looks like he was perhaps a fill-in as and when needed player. And well, if your aim is to play in the Premier League, regardless of what that is, that, that's fine if you want to sort of stay and play maybe half a dozen games and sub or something like that. But if your aim is to become a regular again. Well, this is someone who's played between League One and, and the Championship pretty much 250 games. So maybe that's the kind of player who needs to go back down again and continue that really good career that's been at that level rather than going up and being very, very much on the fringes at the top level if they do add a few more players in that role.
1: I think that's a good shout. Um, he played schoolboy football with Joe Gomez and Alex Awobi. So the three of them grew up together and played together before they went to their, you know, varying squads. He went to to Millwall, Iwobi went to Arsenal, and obviously Joe Gomez went to Charlton before we bought him. Um yeah, I think that's a good shout. What about one to have a breakout season? Now in this case it'll be, you know, a, a surprise season, I suppose, or you know, an impressive first spell in the in the Premier League.
2: Yeah. Um Just going to go for Tom Lockyer, to be honest. Um, Basically, he's he's had a few shots at the top level, I suppose you can say, by being in around the Wales team and, um, you know, with with major competitions and stuff. But even there, he's not really a guaranteed starter or anything like that. So I think if you're finally getting a shot at going into the Premier League and you can still establish yourself as a starter for that team as obviously was last year for Luton. And mm. then maybe that's the kind of thing that can propel you from a squad player for the national team to an actual starter because you're proving yourself at a higher level.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. I mean, he obviously has, has a, a medical issue that he's expected to make a full recovery from. But certainly through the through the season last year, he was... Very, very good and, and kind of the, the key bed, bedrock of that, uh, that Luton defence, which was you know very impressive, to be fair. Um,
3: uh, Carlton Morris is the obvious one to come
1: and score and score goals, and I think he will do quite well. But just because I think his name is great, I'm going to go for Admiral Muskway. He <laughs> spent part of the last season on loan with uh, Fleetwood Town. He's never scored in a league goal, I don't think, for Luton. He's only played like 20-odd games, but Admiral Musque is just a fantastic name, so I'm going to go with him.
2: A Zimbabwe International.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Please. Do you know who I'm really looking forward to seeing, though, is Pele Rudok Mabanzu who's the only player in history to play non-league through to the Premier League with one club. I think that's an incredible achievement. And I'm I'm really looking forward to just seeing him get to play in the Premier League. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be good enough to play in the Premier League long term. He's 29 to be fair, but I I think he'll struggle with the quality level, but he will he will work his ass off. Game after game, and that's an amazing story. Nine years there, he has seen them go through each and every level, go through the shit at each level, come short multiple times, and then finally gets himself into the uh, into the Premier League. So, fair play. I'm hoping he does well.
3: Right, Manchester City. Who needs
2: to leave? Calvin Phillips. I think that's the, the obvious, and probably the only... Is the easiest pick in the entire league. They bought you for £50 million and you didn't even play 100 minutes in the league up until they'd already secured the title. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of red flags there. Yeah. Yeah,
3: and
1: I mean... The guy has a shout. America Laporte is, is a shout. If is coming in, then, you know, with him and Aki as the left-sided ones, and probably Stone's and Walker as the right-sided ones, and a Kanji and, and Diaz and a Kanji as the middle ones, even though you're better than, well, most of them, it's probably time for you to leave. But Calvin Phillips is the obvious choice here. Calvin Phillips and Cash for Decton Rice just, to me, makes sense for absolutely everybody involved. Yeah, I mean...
2: I said to you before outside of the pods as well, I think Declan Rice going to be effectively the one replacement makes quite a lot of sense as well. Yeah, I think that yeah. that's a, a position, a role which will suit him better than how Arsenal appear to want to use him. But Calvin Phillips, forget it. You've, it's not about, you know, a sort of thing where they want to give you another year to get better or whatever. This is an actual not wanting your services thing across the entirety of this year. By mid uh, May, the most minutes he'd played in a single Premier League game was 37. Mid May. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really know what else you need underlining there. You've been on the bench and unused in how many victories, in how many close matches, in defeats, in just all of it. It's just completely pointless season for him. You know, fine, it, you make the move, you've got to take a risk with your career at times if you want to win big trophies, but this hasn't worked out. And given how good Rodri was and how important Rodri was, Mm. I don't see any change there. I do not see any kind of change there whatsoever. And there's not two roles there to go into.
1: No, I mean, the other thing as well is like, he played John Stones in midfield over you. Like John Stones is a centre-back and they're playing him in midfield over you. And I think that might be the role that Rice would come into is that role that Stone's play? because I think Kovacic will probably fill Gundogan's role. But obviously Rice can play that little bit further forward if needed. But yeah, for Calvin Phillips, there is no spot for you anymore. And you're 27. You can't afford to lose another season of your career in your peak. He's a really, really good player. I really like Calvin Phillips. Good on the ball. He's very good defensively. He puts in a shift. But I mean, when you've got Pep, coming out after the World Cup and basically saying, well, he came back fat. Like, that doesn't really, doesn't really read well either if you're Calvin Phillips. You know, he could have said that to you in private. He chose to make that public. That doesn't speak that you have a long-term future there. So yeah, Calvin Phillips is the one to get up and go. Who's going to have the breakout season though? Because there's a couple of options in terms of young players there, but... Who would you say?
2: Um, I actually think Cole Palmer at times was really good last year Mm. Um, and he did get, you know, obviously a little bit of protection in terms of he comes on in games which are largely won or not quite as relevant, like, you know, the Cups or that sort of thing. But he did seem to stay more or less in and around, let's say, the 18, 19, 20 players. So I kind of feel like next season you know, is He's is he 21 years of age now, so this season coming up is quite an important one for him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get quite a bit more game time. And I I think he looks a really, really good player, to be honest, on the ball. Technically, movement, positions he picks up, really, really good. I could see him playing quite a significant role from
1: the flanks. Yeah, he went from two appearances in all competitions in 2021 to 11 in twenty one twenty two and 25 this past season. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes 40 appearances across all competitions next season. I agree with you. I think he's a I think he's a superbly talented player. The technical level, like his his touch and ability to play that second touch pass without having to you know take a big look, is excellent. He's a really good player. Um, I like Rico Lewis. He's the one I'm gonna go for. I think he'll get a lot more minutes, but it, like he's another reason for Calvin Phillips to start taking a look around. Rico Lewis was an 17, just gone 18 year old fullback who played more Premier League games than you last season and played a number of games in midfield. And the other one I think is for mostly for a reason for Phillips to get up and get out. Maximo Perone, the defensive midfielder they brought in in January, like, He plays your role. They've got Rodri. They've just gone and bought this kid. He's very, very highly regarded. They beat off competition to get him. They also made it very clear we're not loaning him out. So clearly, Pep has ideas for him. They're telling you, without telling you, it's time to go. But I'll go Rico Lewis for my breakout because I think he's really special. I really, really liked watching him last season. I thought his ability on the ball his movement, his dynamic burst. I thought he was somebody that showed he's going to be a big, big player for City moving
2: forward. They have so many.
1: It's outrageous. It is outrageous. Like There's also Tommy Doyle, who was great for Sheffield United last season. James McAtee, who was great for Sheffield United last season. The two youngsters, the defenders that they had out on loan, Callum Doyle and Taylor Howard bellis Like, City's academy is, is pretty incredible, to be honest. Uh, Luke Mabete, another really, really talented young centre-back, worth keeping on. Their, their academy is, like, it's fast-approaching Chelsea level of the, the volume of young players that they're producing. And even if they're not players that City themselves make adv- that take advantage of, they'll be able to sell them off at, at really good prices. On to United. On to United. And uh, I think the list for players who should leave for the good of their career is, is quite extensive. But if you don't mind, I'm going to give mine first. Where away. I'm going to say Jaden Sancho. I, I just don't see where the role is from at this team because Rashford is, is best on the left. You've got Bruno as your 10. They're trying to sign Mason Mount. Who's also a 10. You've also got Garnacho, who's superb and very, very highly rated as an option on the left. And then on the right, a you're not quite as good. And B the manager spent 80 million on Anthony You've also got Ahmed Diallo coming back from a really successful loan at Sunderland. If I'm Jaden Sancho, I'm having a look around and I'm believing I'm more talented than all of these guys, but I don't think that manager has any confidence in him at all. And I think Sancho probably needs to start asking the question of how do I get out of here? Where can yeah. I go? Who will take me in? I need to go somewhere with a." a manager that puts full trust in me and B, fullbacks who attack with pace and purpose.
2: Yes. I mean, guys just literally asked us the exact question I was going to say, where, not just where can he go, which fits that, but where can he go that someone could pay the money for? Because United, obviously a long, long chase to get him in the first place. Then a big outlay on him and have
1: not really got much back. The team that has the fullbacks who are perfect for him is Spurs because you've got Pedro Poro on one side, potentially Jed Spence as the backup. So two really attacking right backs. And then you've got Destiny Adoiji and Ryan Cessignon as the left backs. Again, two really attacking outlets down that side. And Adoiji in particular is, is going to be a, a, an absolute sensation. So... They have the fullbacks, but they don't have the need for a winger because you've got Kulisevski and Brian Hill one side, you've got Son and Richardson the other side. You don't, they don't need a winger. So he's, that's not an option for him. I mean, I'd love to see how he'd do in the Arsenal team, but then, again, where would he play? Because I don't think you're going to drop Martinelli for him. You're certainly not dropping Bakayo Saka for anybody.
3: I mean, Brighton is a great shout,
1: but, you know, Matoma in the form of his life versus Sancho needing to be kind of rebuilt. I, I don't think that's, I don't think he's going to get the minutes there. you know? To put a stupid in his,
3: is exactly the type of fullback that he needs.
2: I think it's a, a very difficult one because of the you amount you don't of have money fullbacks. that
1: they're going to lose they they are going to lose money on him like realistically what is his value right now what do they pay 75 and he's had he's had two like really poor seasons this season was a little bit better but then he also missed a large chunk of the season for you know reasons that are yet to be fully detailed
3: yeah it's a really
2: difficult one and I feel like it's not all down to things that he's done, to be honest, or, or you know, things that have gone on in his career. The the move to United was so long in coming and I, it, it just... He came in at a bad time for the club, probably, as well, as much as anything else. And there's not really been a plan to integrate him. And then with his own loss of form and all the rest of it, it's just... It's a, it's a bit... It's a little bit like the reverse of Callum Hudson-Odoi, you know? Um, and similar player profiles and positions, obviously. So you can see, obviously, how far off the, the radar, if you like, Hudson-Odoi has gone. And he could have been that sort of 50, 60 million pound signing that to the Bundesliga rather than from the Bundesliga. But it's kind of a, a similar trajectory that's happened for both of them, really. It's just that United now have the added... Um, It's not humiliation, but it is a problem that they paid so much money for him in the first place. You can't just let him go for nothing really in just the hope that he'll rebuild uh, his career elsewhere.
1: So
3: if if you look at the timeline with Sancho, he doesn't move
1: to United in the summer of 2020. His 2021 season was a little bit of a drop-off, but it was everybody had a drop-off. It was that weird COVID year where there was no fans anywhere. Then he misses the penalty in the Euros final. And he joins United. And let's be fair, it, it's a little bit like the Nabi Keita situation. Now, it's not quite the same that they hadn't got him bought, but everybody knew that deal was going to ha- happen. <clears throat> the expectations on him whether he walk in and immediately be the best player in the league. They also remember signing Cristiano that summer, which completely torpedoed their team and changed everybody's role from, you know, doing what they were good at to let's all make Cristiano look good so that his ego is, is soothed and he doesn't have temper tantrums. Nobody could have succeeded, especially under a PE teacher like Ollie. And then this past season has just been weird for him because like, Again, the bring, manager brings in Anthony. Rashford's playing really well. The best games he had were probably as a, as a 10 in a few games where Bruno played right wing or Bruno was out. Guy mentioned a loan to the Milan club, one of the Milan clubs. And, and to be fair, Teo Hernandez is exactly the left back that Sancho needs. So if Milan wanted to move Rafael Leao into a more central role, he would make a ton of sense there. Now, I don't think they've got any money, which is partly why they're selling Sandro Tonali to Newcastle. But that's a situation I think that could work. And I think Serie A is a league he would do well in. Newcastle, Guy mentioned as well, they don't have the fullbacks backs to, to work well with him. I don't know. He's an awkward fit, is the truth of it. He really is an awkward fit. I do wonder if in the Premier League, the best place for him is as a 10 Rather than as a winger, play him as a, a kind of floating second striker slash ten off a target man number nine, or off a you know an out and out number nine, and allow him to use his trickery and his his dribbling in that in in a variety of different spaces rather than just
3: shifting him onto a wing.
1: Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others, on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable
2: Yeah, I think this season definitely played better in the few games it did have as ten, but like you say, a really small sample. And not one he's going to get a role there for anyway. Mm. No, exactly. Right, who's your one to leave United? Donny van der Beek. We don't have to go over too much detail He that. It's been horrible. <laughs> he' the big
1: last year as well.
2: Yeah, it's been an absolute shocker for him between the injuries, the no role in the team for him, and the fact that even a manager who knows him well, didn't really give him too much opportunity before the injury. He just needs to cut his losses there in United as well. Just just get it gone and pretend this never happened.
3: No,
1: that's definitely the truth. Um isn't it weird like that you have Donny van de Beek at your club, you give him little to no opportunity, and then you try and sign Mason Mount who ostensibly plays the same position.
2: I mean, there's quite a lot of Man United's business activity, which I find a little bit weird. But, you know, maybe there's just something with van der Beek that he's just not heads heads uh, in the right place at the minute for a top club.
1: Yeah, it's very possible. Very possible. Right. Um, <clears throat> breakout player for Manchester United next season. I'm going to say Ahmad Diallo. If he gets opportunities, I think he can do very, very well for them. I was really impressed with what I saw of him on loan at Sunderland. I thought he was maybe the best player in the championship last year, or certainly one of the best players in the championship last year. Creative, scores, great dribbler, really inventive player, wants to embarrass defenders, not just beat them. So I'm going to say him.
2: I'm going to go for um, Alejandro Garnad. Um I know he's played quite a bit this year, obviously, but we're still talking about a kid who's 18 years of age still at the minute. Uh, he only played 19 games in the Premier League, fewer than 600 minutes. So although his name is there and he's been around and, you know, he's even won Argentina a couple of caps, he's not actually played a whole lot of football at the minute. Uh And I think he's one of the ones who's going to get quite a bit more game time across the season. And I think that we'll see some spectacular stuff from him. Three goals so far in the Premier League mm-hmm. uh, last last term, uh, scored another one in the Europa, I think, so. I think there's a a whole lot to look forward to there if you want to see players from Man United do well. Yeah, he's a hell of a talent, to be fair.
1: Um, Right, let's move on. Newcastle United.
3: Who should leave? Um, About eight players. (laughs) I think
2: I will go for... I mean, to be honest, it doesn't matter. For for the sake of playing football, I think, like I said, there are about, honestly, about half a dozen players who just have to find a way out. So just to pick one of them who did have a previously not too bad role, I'll go for Emil Kraft, for example, but he's only representative of a whole bunch of them.
1: Yeah, I I, th- I was going to say him or, or Mankio. I think one of those needs to go because your second and third choice right-backs... With Kraft coming back off a bad injury, he'll probably get some opportunities this season as the backup to Trippier, whereas Mankio, I don't think he'll get a look in. So uh, him or Carol Darlow, who I think is at, he's sort of the cautionary tale. I would point at to Cuevin Keller and go, look, he was a really good promising goalkeeper as well. And look what happened. So, yeah. Guy mentions Jamal Lachelles. He's another one. Like, as Carol said, you could go through that squad. There are a few. Who's going to have a breakout season then? Um A slightly more
2: difficult one with Newcastle, I think, because at the minute I don't see anyone who's going to massively step up levels. But I do like Elliot Anderson. And if they don't loan him out, I would like to see him get more game time because I think he's... he's Got a bit of something to play as one of the, Mm. maybe the eights is probably his best role that I've seen so far. So hopefully they can find a spot to keep him
1: involved. Yeah, I think that's a great shout. I think Alexander Isak might be the non-Liverpool player that I'm most excited to watch next season because there was like flashes and then a run of games that showed just how good he could be and what he might be able to offer. So he's not... I, swear, I suppose I'll go with him. I'll go with Isak. I think he could actually become a, a real Premier League star next season. Um, moving on then, Nottingham Forest. Probably quite a few here that need to get up and go because it's, an, it's, still a, it's a it's a large squad. I'll just throw out the name Harry Tufolo, Uh left back, brought in last summer from Huddersfield. I think he found the Premier League just a step too far for his abilities. I think a move back down to the championship where he could start regularly, he'd be one of the better players in his position in the championship. I'll go with him.
2: Yes, I think that's perfectly fine. Um, I will go for one who didn't have a whole lot of a look-in and then went out on loan, I think, for the second half of the season, Sam Surridge. Uh, he was still there for you know the first part and I think he made a few appearances off the bench, uh, nothing too drastic and then yeah it's it's not one that's really going to make himself a a Premier League starting forward Mm -hmm. I don't think so especially if
1: there's more signings to come in yeah I think that's very fair I do I think it's very fair um breakout star I'm going to go for Daniil I was really impressed with him when I saw him for Palmieri for a couple of years I thought he did well when he came in for Forest. They used him a bit more advanced than what suits him. They used him often as the kind of as one of the two attacking midfielders behind the striker. But in central midfield, I think he could be a, a real force in this league. So I'm going to go for him. Now I wondered which of the two you would pick because I know there's two you love here. So
2: mm. I'll go for the other one. Gibbs White into the England squad. That's his big step forward.
1: Yeah, I I think he's I think he's fantastic. I really do. I'm, I'm so impressed with him. Um, and obviously the other one then, to, to, to just to give a nod to, is Brennan Johnson, who, with these big bids coming in for him, um, I think he's kind of, pressure's going to be on him to perform. If they're turning down 30, 40, 50 million for him, I think he's going to need to have a big season to justify that. So, uh, yeah, over to you. Right, moving on then. We have Sheffield United next newly promoted and the player I'm going to say needs to leave actually no you go first you go first
3: Mm.
2: Um, I don't know I mean it's a little bit the same as as what we spoke about for for Luton in terms of saying people should leave after they've obviously just been there but it's slightly different as well because they've already been in the top flight and we've Mm. seen some of their players have a first shot and see how they coped and so on so I will go with someone who played a bit part role there, went back down and played a reasonable role, but I don't think he's played a massive role. I think Jack Robinson has now had sort of two cracks at the top flight. Um Could certainly get away with it, you know, playing between sort of left side and left centre-back in a three, but I don't think he's going to be a first choice. And, you know, at 29 years of age now, I think he's just got this last year left on his contract, I think. So, Maybe it's the time for him. Maybe a couple of the other defenders coming to that category as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I, I think look, Jack Robinson when he came through at Liverpool looked like he was going to be a first choice for Liverpool for a long time. And then obviously just never got opportunities, didn't develop, and whatever else happened. But yeah, I think that's fair. I'm I'm going to go for another former Red. I think Rian Brewster. Um. He's been there three seasons now. He's played sixty three games and scored five goals. It hasn't worked out. It was a big money move. It was a big risk. Twenty three million, a uh, buyback of uh, a buyback of forty million, which expires in four days. Carl, do you think we're going to pick that one up? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think we have the things that. have happened, but no. Yeah, but uh, Jesus, that will be. Imagine the melt. I'd actually love it to happen. Just to see what happened to Twitter. I think he's got a lot of talent, but I don't think, I think his confidence is just completely shot. I think, like he showed at Swansea, he can score goals in the championship. And to be honest, if I was Seth Hampton and I need a goal scorer, or I want to gamble on someone who could be a goal scorer for me, I'd probably see if I could get him on loan. And see how he does. Because they've got others there. Like they've got Adam Armstrong. They've got Onoahu. They've got Seiko Mara can play through the middle. Nathan Teller can play through the middle. So he doesn't need to start every game. But I think if he went there with that young group of players, I I, I do wonder if he could just find his form, find his confidence and find his touch and start scoring goals again. It's been a horrendous run for him at Sheffield United. Yeah.
2: Who's your breakout?
1: Breakout star. I'm going to go with Anel Ahmed Hodzic, the Bosnian centre-back, who I think is a massive talent. He's 24. He was at Forest Academy for a few years. Then he went to Malmo because he's from Sweden, originally born in Sweden, back to Sweden to play for Malmo, I think under our good friend, Oli. Had a couple of loans from there, was linked to a lot of clubs, and somehow... Sheffield United got him last summer for peanuts. He was great this past season, and I think he might be one that steps up into the Premier League and immediately looks very, very comfortable and potentially earns a big money move in 12 months.
2: They will go for Ilman Di at the other end of the pitch. This will be his mm. first time outside of the Championship, I think, so... An interesting one to see how he develops, but he's been pretty good with Senegal, to be honest, when he's when he's had the opportunity. He doesn't really particularly seem phased by big matches. You look at some of his better performances and where the goals came, they were important games on a lot of the occasions. So I think it's a, a nice time in terms of his age and where he is in his career to test himself at a step higher up. Should be a good one to watch.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of it. I'm it. I'm hoping he has a good season. Um... Right, next up then, Tottenham Hotspur. Everybody. <laughs> They've got Ange now. Hang on a second. These players deserve to play for Ange Postacoglu. No, they don't all deserve that. But they, don't, they don't all deserve. No. Like, if it was a list of who should they be rushing to sell, I think it's, it's a strong list. You've got Larice, you've got Sanchez, you've got Eric Dyer, you've got... Uh, ben Davies you've got uh, Emerson Royale but if there's one player I'd look at there and say for the good of your own career you need to just get a move away I think it's Giovanni LaSalle so I know he's had a couple of loans um, but or it might just been one loan that he had uh, to Villarreal they're not going to pick up the option to buy I think he's a very good player who could play in the Premier League for a couple of different clubs, one of which is Aston Villa, because that's a manager that likes him, knows him very well. I would say Giovanni Laselso needs to get going.
2: I was going to pick Davinson Sanchez because I think he's just potted about being a squad player for too long now and he you know, he's 27, he should be in his prime and playing every week and everything else now. But actually... We've termed this for the good of their own career. And so for me, it's Harry Kane.
3: Yeah. So
1: I'm I'm two-footed. I've been going through each Premier League team and what they need to do or what I I think they need to do this summer. And I did Spurs today. I did Spurs and I did... um, Forest, I think. Southampton. Oh yeah, I did Southampton. Sorry. I did Southampton as well. Um, yeah, so I did Spurs and Southampton. And with with Spurs, I started goalkeeper, defense, midfield, came to the attack, they on the wings. But I, I don't know what the right fighting. thing is here for Harry Kane, Carl. Because if he let's say he's he's he holds all the power this summer. He either renews his contract. Or they sell them because they can't afford to lose them for free next summer. I don't know what the right move is for either party. Like, if he leaves and let's say he goes to Bayern, just say Bayern, for example, he'll win a bunch of leagues, he'll score a bunch of goals. Would it mean as much to him as it would if he stayed in the Premier League with Spurs, won, let's say, an FA Cup and a League Cup over the next four years for Spurs? broke Shearer's record, which is he going to be happier with? Like That's the thing I don't know which he would be happier with. Well, no, I mean, only he can answer that
2: ultimately, and only he genuinely knows if the answer he would give to that question in public is the real one. So without knowing that, I'm just going by what's the best thing for a player's career? It's generally winning and doing well. If that's the argument, then leaving Spurs is the answer, I'm afraid.
1: Where would you like to see him go?
2: Far, far away.
1: Yeah, because like, there's, there's, there's three options, really. There's Real, but if they're intent on signing Mbappe, I I just don't see them also signing Harry Kane.
2: Now, Bayern Munich is the best fit, right? Tactically, yeah. we've spoken about this before. Bayern's the best fit, and even if you stayed there for three years, score 480 goals in that time, and then you can come back as a... Thirty-two year old and probably still be a starter for Spurs as a you know fourth to sixth sort of side,
1: yeah, and still go on and break Shearer's record and do all of those things. I do think that's probably the best play for him. Go to Bayern, three four years, which is three or four league titles. You're winning a title for every season you're there because that's just the way of the Bundesliga you'll play with great players. You'll play under a good manager, probably two good managers, given no manager stays at Bayern for all that long. And then you can still come back. Like you're still going to come back and be able to play regularly in the Premier League, break Shearer's record, because he's not all that far off. What is he, 40 odd goals off at the moment? Is he 218 and Shearer's 260? He's 213. So he's 47 goals off, realistically for Harry Kane. That's, let's say he comes back at 34, three seasons, he'll do that. If two of them is a starter and one he's coming
3: off the bench and then he can retire. And
1: for Spurs, like from their point of view, it's also probably the best thing for them because it sort of removes some of the expectation and they can actually start to properly, you know, build a team and, try and actually aim towards something, you know, finite rather than... This Relevant is the word you're looking for. Yeah, yeah, that is the word. That is the word. It it means they could actually build sort towards something real, though, rather than just threading water season after season.
4: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with libertyshield.com. mag boxes and games consoles visit com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout
1: yeah Harry get yourself off to Bayern Munich there's a good lad 80 million deal done everybody's happy Bayern will be thrilled Spurs can spend that money on a Ford and a centre back and everybody's happy who's the breakout player from Spurs I am going to go
2: with a player under a, a a manager with a clue, with a setup, with an attacking outlook, and with an actual structure on and off the ball. Dejan Kulusevski, because he was nowhere near what he should be at the minute
1: with Spurs. Yeah, I think he's going to be a lot of fun. I actually, my pick was is, is is Pedro Poro, and I think those two down that right hand side are going to be sensational together. I think Ange will get them fully in sync. I think they'll be spectacular, to be honest.
2: For the record, Guy says Tangium Ndombele finally.
1: (laughs) He's another one where I can see a world in which he fits in well with Ange. But at the same time, I could see a world in which the first preseason game, he doesn't run Hard enough, and Ange just loses all sense and reason, and just never wants to see him again. So, yeah, he's 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 an enigma of a footballer. I I think Kulisewski could be a real real star in this league. He's his combination of of speed, strength, dribbling ability. It's he's just quite a unique player.
3: Who's yours? Oh, I'll go Pedro
1: Poro. Oh, sorry, yeah. From right, from right back. I think those two together down that side. And a big part of why I think Poro will do really well is having Kulisevsky ahead of him. I think those two could be brilliant together, to be honest. Still depends uh, a lot on how
2: he sets them up, whether it's a three or a four.
1: Yes, very, very much so. Very, very much. That's going to be one of the more interesting things to keep an eye on is how does, how does Ange set Spurs up this year? Because they've got wing-backs rather than full-backs. Now, he can work with them and convert them back into more traditional full-backs, but you never know. He needs two centre-backs in if he wants to play with a back a back three, though. Um, West
3: Ham United. Hmm. Who's your player to
2: leave? So, my answer to this is... Alphonso Areola has to go and have a meeting with David Moyes before the season starts. Ask him if he's going to start as first choice, and if not, hand in a transfer request right there and then. This guy is 30 years old. He's just helped West Ham win a trophy, which has probably kept Moyes in a job. He has been the first choice throughout that Europa uh, yeah. Conference League campaign. He has been better than the guy who is first choice in the league and who is eight years older than him. Alphonso Ariola is 30 years of age now. He's a France international a few times and he would have been more times had he been the first choice player elsewhere. Um, I mean, a contract which runs until 2027, four more years, but how long is Fabianski going to still be there? How much longer can you still stay behind? Who has been a really good goalkeeper, don't get me wrong, but has not been great for the last two years. And I think... To be honest, if, if first game of the season, Fabianski between the sticks, it's just an obvious sign that the continuation of what West Ham has been in the last three years now mm. is going to continue again. There's just not enough regeneration to keep the team where they think that they can be heading or where they should be heading, really.
1: Yeah, I, I, he was my pick as well, to be totally honest. I, I, he's played 41 games for West Ham in his two seasons there. Six of them were in the Premier League. Six. He's played 26 games in Europe in which he's been absolutely brilliant in getting them to a Europa League semi-final and then winning the Europa Conference League. He has outperformed Fabianski massively. And if Moyes sticks with Fabianski, Moyes will be out of a job by October. I wouldn't be surprised if David Moyes getting kept comes with some really strict conditions because I don't think Pratinsky wants to keep him. If they're bringing in Tim Ten, that to me signals it's the end of Moyes. He's just getting this season as a, you know, thanks a million, you won us a trophy. But I think if he doesn't make the right moves, such as moving to Areola, potentially playing Skamaka if he sticks around, I think Moyes is going to be gone because these owners, they didn't put all that money into the team for these players who buried on the bench. So, yeah, Ariola was my pick as well. Um, who's your pick for a breakout player there? There's not really an obvious choice, I don't think, other than Skamaka, but I don't know if he's going to stay, so I don't, like he can't be an obvious one.
2: And again, this just links back into what we said about the regeneration of the team not really happening. You know, the team has been the same. It's very difficult to pick a breakout player when there are no breakthrough players. like Lucas Packard took half a season basically to start showing what he's capable of. And he's one of very, very few who's come in and really made himself a starter after signing. Even someone like Danny Ings hasn't managed to become the first choice number nine. So it's a very difficult team to try and do this for, but I mm. will go for... Um, hmm. I'll go for Maxwell Corney. He didn't have a very good start in injury and stuff, but I think he's still got the talent to maybe overtake Ben Ramer as a starter.
1: I like that one. I do like that one. I'm going to go with Ben Johnson, who is 23 now, and I think he's a good, solid fullback. And I think he can take over from at right back and be a solid 7 out of 10 every week. I don't think he's ever going to be a great player, but I think he's the kind of guy that you can just know. We don't need to worry about right back. We've got Ben Johnson there. He's going to be doing that job for the next five, six years. And as long as everything else is functioning well, he's absolutely fine there. So I'm going to go for him. I think this is the season he, he takes that position and... And nails it as his own. Because he's, he, to me, he has outperformed Soufal the last 18 months. But in the world of David Moyes, first choice starter is first choice starter. He just sticks with the lads that he trusts. I think he'll start to trust Johnson more this year, though. Right. Our last team is Wolverhampton Wanderers, who have just seen their captain and best player Ruben Neves, up sticks and head for Saudi Arabia. Uh, He was leaving, I think, regardless because he needed one year left. But after him, who's the obvious one that needs to go?
2: Um, I'll be honest. I look at this Wolves squad and I see the same thing as I did last year. I cannot be bothered to think about it. It's such a boring squad. I really just don't like the majority of it. Um, I think... Matthias Cunha, the move there for him has not worked out. He's a much better player than um, Wolves allowed him to be. That was obviously you know, a short-term deal. Um, people like Pablo Sarabia joining, again, could have been something interesting. It's not really worked out so far, whether that's going to be something that you know he stays and plays a bit more of a bigger role. But if I'm looking for players who are actually vaguely interesting and could do something, I'd I'd be inclined, if I was Pedro Neto, to see if there's a possibility of a move. I'm not sure I'd be actively pushing for one Mm. on the back of an injury in that, but he's good
1: enough. Oh, yeah, he's super talented. I I actually disagree with you. I think there's a lot of talent in this squad. I actually do like the squad, um, but it's missing kind of some key functional pieces. But the one I would say should be demanding that he be allowed leave... Is Rayan Nouri because he is by far the best left back at that club. It's not even it's not even a measurable measurable amount how much better he's he is than the other left backs. And yet, Johnny started there over him a number of times. And Hugo Bueno, who, as I said to you before, defensively is no Bueno, was starting games over him quite a bit and is, I think, a year younger than him. Yeah, a year younger than him, which means he's probably going to go into next season starter. So if I make Nuri, I'm asking out. I'm telling my agent, find me a new club. I don't want to be here anymore. I'm not sitting on the bench behind this fellow who's not as good as me and is younger than me. So he's the one I'd, I'd be looking for to, to get himself out of there. Right, well, since you're so high on them, you can watch all the world's games this season, and I don't have to. I'm I'm intending to watch loads of Wolves this year. There's loads of good players here. Neto, Cunha, Sassa's back fit. Guedes might get an opportunity this year. Maybe Fabio Silva gets an opportunity. Looking forward to seeing more of Joe Gomes. Looking forward to seeing more of Bubacar Traore. It looks like Matthias Nunez will end up staying. So you know, there's interesting midfielders. Nathan Collins is probably going to leave. I think that's a, a catastrophe by Lopetegui, if that happens, it was bad enough that he dropped him for Craig Dawson, who's a yard fuck, yard dog. And now he's going to lose Nathan Collins. It's just it's just bad management, to be honest. Um, I'll watch quite a bit of Wolves this season, absolutely. Um, who's your breakout player from Wolves? And I want one. I don't want any of the squad, but I want to hear no, no. somebody.
2: No, 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 I've got one. I think he would have made a big difference last year. But opening game ACL injury, Sasa Klazic, I think he was actually a smart signing for them. Not a you know an elite level centre forward in and of his own right, but a very good one who brings out a lot in the players around him. And I think that with the type of players that Wolves had in that second line of attack at the start of last season, you know, after they brought in Gerdish, and they didn't have you know uh, Diego Costa and. than Sarabia and that kind of player at the start. It was more like Podence was playing off him. It was going to be either Adama on one side or maybe Huang playing a a sort of defensive winger sort of role as a a second attacker. So I think he would have made them a lot better at the start of the season. So given that he's missed a whole year, obviously it could take him a bit of time to get up speed, but I think he's someone who can make the team better.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I think him, Cunha, Neto and Guedes... Any any two of the other three with Sasa, I think, will work quite well. I think they could be, well, they won't be fun because it's a Lopateki team, but I think they could be quite good going forward next year. Um, my breakout player is going to be Matthias Cunha. Uh, like you said, he didn't have the impact that you were looking for in the back half of the season, but I think they've made the deal permanent, so they're going to keep him. I think he's the one that will benefit the most from having Sasa there because I think he does need to play off that kind of guy. And if Neto can stay fit and Guedes can contribute and be consistent, I think those are the type of players that will work well together. So I'll go Matthias Cunha.
2: I think all that uh, talk about Liverpool signing was died down fairly quickly, huh?
1: Yes. Yes, it did. It did indeed. Speaking of Liverpool signings, and before we go, last thing. um, My best friend, uh, Fabrizio Romano, uh, who, as you know, I'm a big fan of, has said today that Liverpool are in the running, in the race for Romeo Lavia. What would you make of Romeo Lavia coming in with, say, Kefran Turam and Alexis McAllister, if, if that's the midfield rebuild. So you get Trent and Lavia as the deeper two, Turam on the right, Alexis on the left. Does that, does that potentially long-term turn into something that can win us major honours? Because I'm, I'm really high on that idea.
2: Yeah, potentially. I think there's two players there who have to take quite big steps forward for it to be, you know, regularly title winning. Uh, and obviously in hand with the support cast have to be really good around them and behind them. Um, I, I don't think Lavia for this season is, is a starter for Liverpool. Um, I don't hundred percent mind us not signing a starter of for, for the immediate term as long as they are capable of starting because we cannot play for Benio all the time. Um, I don't want to see Fabinho in the lineup all the time anymore. So it's important that we are sort of taking a bit of a two-pronged approach in terms of starters got to come in, but also the next batch of players that they're ready to to play as well. So I think there would be a good trio to sign for sure, but I would feel it leaves us a little short still for this year in terms of quality in the centre.
1: I, I would agree, but I would counter that by saying that Henderson and Fabinho are going to play more than they should, regardless of who we sign. Like, I think even if we sign Moises Caicedo, Klopp is starting Fabinho next to Trent first day of the season. I think even if we signed Fede Valverde, Klopp is starting Jordan Henderson first game of the season. So, while yes, Turam and Lavia have development to do, I don't think they're miles away. Like, I think Turam could be starting by Christmas on a regular basis. I think he could be first choice by then. I think Lavie by the end of the season could be splitting minutes with Fabinho about 50-50 and then next season be ready to take over. Um And if we've got, let's say we're playing that same midfield four you know, Trent plus one. So Trent and Fabinho with Besetic and and Lavia as the the depth there. And then let's just say Turam and Alexis with Henderson and Curtis as the options behind them there. Then Thiago, if he stays, is sort of a luxury player that we can just manage and use whenever and wherever we want and when we need him and just manage them carefully through the season. I, I kind of feel like that group could work really well as long as nobody was overplayed to the point of a catastrophic fall-off. And much of
2: that will depend on how seriously we're taking your Europa League group stage.
1: Yes. Yes, very much so. Very much so. But, I, I like, we're not going to pay the Caicedo money defensively Lavia is the closest thing going to Caicedo but he's got a much higher ceiling because not much higher ceiling he's got a higher ceiling because he's a lot better on the ball and like at 19 he's he's three years younger than Curtis which means he's got three years left as an under 21 player his potential is absolutely outrageous yeah he's a very very good player excellent Our mutual mutual friend Sam Tai is maybe the founding member, president, treasurer, and secretary of the Romeo Lavia fan base, and he's he's adamant that wherever he goes, he'll be a success. Yeah, I I think he absolutely will. And I
2: mean, you look at it from a Liverpool perspective. If he is the Europa League starter, I think that's Mm. almost perfect. You know, he's going to get plenty of game time, plenty of integration. Not always the most high profile or, or pressure environments because the group stage, especially, tends to be diabolical quality at least <laughs> a couple of games. So, um, it, it's probably a good not proving area of such, but area of integration,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, he could that's so that's if he starts in the group stage, that's six games. Um, league cup, that three games before Christmas, there's nine probably get a couple of starts in the Premier League against some of the lesser teams. You know, he could have 12 starts by the time we get to Christmas, which would be really, really good. And then if he gets another, say, eight, nine starts after Christmas, maybe he keeps keeps in the team as the uh, the Europa League starter and we go quite far on that. Plays the FA Cup, a couple more League Cup games. And I do think there's, there's real scope for him to get good minutes there. And just to emphasize the the point you made on the dross in the group stage. Arsenal, for example, had PSV Eindhoven, Bodo Glimt and FC Zurich. Um, there's a group here, Union St. Jalos, Union Berlin, Braga and Malmo. You wouldn't mind them playing against any of those. United had Sheriff, Tiraspol and Ammonia. Uh, Feyenoord, Mitliand, Lazio, Sturm, Graz, Freiburg, Nantes, Quarabeg, Olympiakos. I mean, there's no one here you'd have any doubts about him starting against. In truth, there's actually nobody in that competition last year that you would have any doubts against of him starting against because he went to Old Trafford and did quite well. And he went to Highbury last year and absolutely pissed all over Arsenal's midfield. And it was only when they took him off that they threw the game away. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think he's definitely ready to come in and contribute, not as an immediate starter, but... I think by the 2024 20, season, he'd be ready to start. Right. Is there anything you want to plug before we go? Nope. Right. Well, that will do us for today then. We will be back on Wednesday where I think we have a topic in from... Mario Lopez sent us this in. So, Gab Marcotti... Asked us. Oh well, no, he didn't ask us. Sorry, Gab Marcotti and Julian Lorenz picked their top ten players born in two thousand and one. So I'm proposing, Carl, that we do this for two thousand and one, two thousand and two, and two thousand and three. I think that probably gets us to about an hour. So we okay. do all three years. That work for you? Yep, sounds good. Cool
0: Sign up free now at AnfieldIndex.com forward slash Discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
4: Sports Social Podcast Network.